Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Champions of Inspiration. Today we have the founder and CEO of Alexa Consulting. She's an executive coach, written books, works with CEOs. Cheryl Esposito, thanks for joining us here on Champions of Inspiration. Oh, Scott. Hi. It's so nice to be here with you this morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So we're going to talk a lot about leadership today because I know you work with a lot of CEOs and uh, leaders in their organizations. How do you help them find leadership within themselves so they can pass that leadership down to their charges? And that is exactly the point of the work that I do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if we don't know ourselves really, really well, um, then we do not know how to connect with other people and we don't know how to make sure we stand in our own values while we're making choices and decisions. And um, when we are in that space, we kind of get in our own way. Um, I know none of your listeners will recognize that whole concept of getting in your own way. I certainly don't. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody, nobody gets nobody in their does. own way. Right? Uh, yeah. That never happens. Yeah. It's always then talking about somebody else. Isn't that true? Yeah, yeah. isn't that true? Um, yeah, you know, it's um, for years and years and years um, being in this field and getting to know so many different types of people, it seems like it really comes down to the core issue of self-awareness and deep, deep self-awareness. And not just kind of paying attention to, um, you know, the way you um, phrase the sentence or the way you um, deal with conflict or any of that, it really goes deeper than that. And the work, it, well, the work takes work. You know, I mean, this is the kind of thing where discovering yourself, I always say, is not for the faint of heart because there are some places you'll go in yourself that you may not like you know, and you may not be aware of. And so as you discover those areas and you pull that part and kind of peel it back and you realize, well, now that I'm aware of it, you know, now I can do something with it, you know, and I can make choices around that. And, um, you know, we all carry stories about who we are. We all carry stories from our childhood about who we are. And even people who have had fabulous childhoods, you know, who have grown up with loving parents and lots of opportunity, even that individual can have stories, you know, stories of doubt or stories of, um, I will never be enough, or I don't measure up against whomever, you know, and, or if I don't win, then I'm worthless. I mean, the, these stories are subtle and powerful. And if we do not identify them, then they really are running us, right? We really want to have that reversed. We want to be writing our own story. Certainly. You know, one of the concepts that I teach uh, quite often is growth equals awareness plus inspired action. So we mm -hmm. first have to have the awareness that there is something we can step into or do differently or whatever that is. But then we've got to take that action towards it. We've got to take that inspired action towards it. But once right. we do that, we ultimately grow. So as you, you know, how often is it, and maybe it's 
all 100% of the time. How often is it that you find a CEO that kind of needs that little uh, unearthing of that awareness? Is that something that's fairly consistent within everyone? It is. It, it doesn't matter how long they've been a leader. It doesn't matter how experienced they are in their field. Um, and remember the people who come to me wanting coaching are people who are raising their hand and saying, I want this. I want to be a better leader. And they've been successful. They know how to do things really well. And they know, good leaders always know, you can learn more, right? They're always lifelong learners. And good leaders always are willing to take a look inside. And so, you know, they're willing to go deep. And we definitely find all kinds of things that are hanging out in, you know, the psyche and hanging out in the spirit that um, you weren't aware of. And, and it's pretty powerful work. So what are the things that would trigger that in a CEO to say, I, I need some help or I'd like some help? What are the things that, that trigger those responses in a CEO? Well, you know, someone who is really smart, which most CEOs are, right? They have high intellect, they learn well, they know how to execute. So their intellect, their intelligence is huge. They often find themselves noticing that there may be one particular stumbling block that they consistently hit. You know, maybe it's, well, you know, everything's going well until X person on the team pushes back or until, you know, two people on the team can't figure out how to resolve something in themselves. And, you know, when people haven't really understood how to get past what's on the surface, you know, the conflict is on the surface, there's more underneath, right? Right. And so when they haven't been able to figure that out, then they're not going to be able to help other people either to figure that out. So a lot of times it's more about a kind of a hunch. It's usually not a crisis. It's more about, you know, I think there's something more I could be doing. Um, and sometimes they just come to me and say, I just want to be a better leader. I don't know what that looks like. And so I say, well, let's take a look. Let's see. So is part and of that then a deconstruction of where they are at that moment? Some of it, you know, some of it is. Um, you know, I really believe in whole person coaching. You can't just coach a role. You, because, you know, We've heard this all said, no matter where you go, there you are. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so, you know, if you just coach the role or coach the performance, you're missing out on, you know, 90% of what gets you to the performance. And, you know, execution only happens really well when it's the full person. And so, you know, we know a lot of leaders, I know you've run into this, who go through the motions, you know, who are able to fire people up and, you know, make the stockholders happy. And then, you know, you'll see suddenly, it won't last long, you know, maybe a year or two, 
before things start to um, disintegrate too, too harsh of a word, but they begin to kind of peel away a bit. Their effectiveness begins to shift. The um, sense of how their team collaborates begins to, um, you know, just not work as well. And those are the times when they start looking around saying, I absolutely have no idea what's going on, but I know this is not good. And so, you know, they start to explore a little bit. And, um, and you know, my, my work is all referral. I get referred clients, you know, people um, usually come to me from someone who has already worked with me, you know, so CEO to CEO, having a talk, just kind of like friends or colleagues. And one CEO will say to the other, you know, you might want to consider this. And that is, um, you know, when they are willing to go that far to open up to another colleague, uh, to a CEO colleague, um, and say, I, I don't know, but it feels like there's more. Yeah. There's more. What can I be? What can I be doing more? And, um, you know, that, that in itself takes courage. You know, I really believe that people who want to be coached have to really reach into their courageous muscle, you know, and use that, that is muscle, true. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So are there, are there particular drivers or incidents? You know, we obviously have gone through a couple of years of pandemic now with mm-hmm. a, a vastly changing business environment. Has that caused certain triggers to uh, get CEOs to be a little more reflective than they've been in the past, maybe? No, if it's about so much about being more reflective as it is being faced with um, the human condition day after day after day. Got it. Um, you know, it's um, because they, I believe they've always had the capacity. They've always had the ability. It simply hasn't been needed to be tapped, right? And so the human condition is front and center every moment with the pandemic. And then looking at things that maybe they've said, no way, no, how will we do things like X, like working from home, Um, you know, where everybody, most corporations are like, "Eh," you know, they didn't even like flex work, flex time. And, you know, so now, because they were forced into it and they figured it out and they realized, huh, you know, this is not so bad. We're actually still doing really well. Most people are appreciating having some flexibility. Um, You know, it's not all perfect. And there are some people who really would rather be in an office, Um, but, but it's unfolding in a positive way as much as it can be in this unfortunate situation of a pandemic um but you know so in that situation they're forced to just kind of flip their thoughts flip their, the script basically and saying you know everything i thought about the way we're going to get things done i've got to rethink i've got to relook at 
And so it's certainly something as big as that, you know, kicks them right into gear. Um, sometimes smaller things do, and sometimes it's personal. You know, sometimes it's something that's going on in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's, um, you know, in the generation that has parents who are getting older, um, CEOs and senior leaders, um, you know, they face the issue of having to care for parents while they're caring for their own family, while they're caring for their organization. And so how do you make that work? And suddenly they say, oh, you know, now I kind of get what some of our employees have been saying. You know, I haven't had to do that before, but now I do. Um, So sometimes it's things like that. Um, And, you know, I mean, we're all like that, right? You know, we just kind of go along and assume everything's fine. We assume life is good and it's going to just like turn out the way we're planning. And, you know, we you hit these speed bumps. We hit these blocks that just say, well, no, let's just rethink this. And how we respond to that is what matters. You know, I talk a lot about um, staying centered, right? So staying grounded, staying centered, really clear on your values, clear about who you are. And people say, oh, but you know, I just, I got, I got so uh, upset. I've gotten, you know, knocked off center. I just, and I'm saying, good, you know, it's good that you notice that. It's not about trying to be perfect and never being knocked off center. Right. It's about how you pull yourself back and how you do it without sabotaging yourself and beating yourself up and moving back into action. And so, you know, things like that that we work on and that the more you know yourself, the more you can feel what's going on in your body and your spirit, the easier it's going to be for you to manage that process. It's interesting. I was doing a training just before this uh, with a, with a group. And uh, one of the questions came up about the world events of today and, you know, how do we respond to that? And obviously today and and the last few days have been, um, a whole bunch of uncertainty and continue to be, and will continue. And I said, you know, a big part of it comes back to controlling the controllable. What are Mm. the things that you can do to gain more certainty? Mm. Um, There are certain decisions that I can make that will help me control my sphere of influence, my world at that time. Right. Uh, There are other things that I can do nothing about. And so mm-hmm. I can either take mind share and, and dream or, or try to vision what could be done, or I could put some things in action right now mm-hmm. that would help move me and my organization forward. Mm-hmm. So my guess is you're doing a, a fair amount of that because again, there are a lot of uncertain things. So you, you've got to be pretty flexible in how you're working with CEOs and in some of the suggestions and, and transformations that you're making, correct? Absolutely. Um, you know, my work is not the kind of work where, um, you know, we have modules that we go through and, or a curriculum that we go through and, you know, can pull it off the shelf and, okay, now you're on, you know, the second module. Oh, good. Yeah. It's not like that. Uh, it's really about, it's, it's an organic process. It really is about a lot of what's happening now for them, what's real time, and 
um, how they're responding to it and what they need to do differently, and then how that then connects back to who they are, the story they live in, you know, where that story came from. And we work a lot that way. Is there a certain size organization that kind of is the the perfect size, or is it more the actual no. task at hand? Yeah, you know, I have worked um, everywhere from multinationals to you know small businesses and uh, and to individuals who simply want to do something different and don't really want it to be related to their organization. Um, and what I find is that, you know, people are people, we are human beings first and like, you know, we take that person into where we, wherever we go. And, um, the only thing that may be different is the way that you have had experience in the world, but the human being is still the human being, you know, and that is so important. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, I mean, Um, I've heard people say about human resources that, well, we are human, we're not resources. And, you know, just making that slight distinction to remember, you know, we are human beings. Let's remember that we are human beings and that's who we should be um, really managing our work around, really focusing on, really having the conversations with. Um, you know, I'm sure you remember the days, and maybe some still do, but um, when organizations said, leave your emotions at the door, mm-hmm. right? Leave your personal life at the door when you come in. Um, and, you know, that's never been, you've never been able to do that. All that did was keep people from talking about it (laughs) exactly that's all (laughs) well and then it didn't always keep people from talking about it but you know i mean that it it became not okay right to talk about it it, well exactly i remember when i left corporate america i came out of school and my dad had worked for the same company for 46 years from the time he was 17 till he was 63 when he retired So that was the model I saw. So obviously that's what you do, right? You go to college, you get a good degree and, and you go into corporate America. And I, after 13 and a half years, I left corporate America. And uh, I remember going, well, and somebody asked, well, why are you leaving? I said, well, because corporate America changed. And, you know, all of a sudden I was just sitting as you were saying that going, and that was the only time that that's happened. Uh, not. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, my, yeah, my goodness, I, just thinking through all the the changes, I, and, and even again, thinking back through the pandemic here, or back to, yeah, let's go all the way back to 2019, when things were normal, uh, quote unquote, and my goodness, the, the amount of change that's happened, are, are some leaders, I, I would guess, uh, that really good leaders are much quicker on the uptake with what's been going on, or is everybody having to fight through the unknownness of what's going on? That's a really good question, Scott, because um, there is the perception that if you have made it 
to the top levels of organizations or if you're running your own organization, that you are able to see what's coming always. And you're supposed to plan for it. And you're supposed to have contingencies in case. And yes, sometimes that's true. And there are certain types of changes or certain types of crises that you may be able to predict or at least be ready for in case. But I don't think anyone who was simply working in corporate and running organizations really put pandemic on the top of their list. Right. Now, there are people in this world who said, look, you know, we're not paying attention enough to this. This is going to happen and we need to pay attention to this. And But it didn't become part of the way people saw running businesses. And, you know, and if it's not pandemic, then, you know, it could be something even worse. It could be, you know, what's going on today in, in Ukraine. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, we don't know. We never know, right? Right. And so it's not about um, always knowing and what's coming and always having exactly the right answer so that you can make sure that that change doesn't affect you. Whatever that change is, it's always going to affect you. It's going to affect everyone. It's a matter of how you manage it, how you, what you do with it. Do you have the, the ability to be nimble in your organization? Do you have people who have been taught um, how to have agile thinking? Do you have, um, do, do you encourage that in your organization? You know, agile thinking is different from um, there's a process, just do it this way and, you know, this will get, be your outcome. And, and for years, leadership was taught that way. And it, it has never been true. It has never been right. And so, you know, really helping people to be good critical thinkers, build agility, that agility muscle, I call it, um, to really understand when to pivot. You know, we were heading down this course. I was absolutely committed to it. We were all committed to it and hit this wall and, oh, we need to rethink and be willing to do that without you know, blowing up the messenger who then, you know, turns to the leadership and says, uh, uh, wait, hold on. I don't think we should be doing this. And instead of turning back to them and saying, don't give me that, just go back and make it happen, which we all know has happened in many organizations. Um, instead of doing that, a really good leader invites that conversation invites that and never sets that down always invites that and and also has those conversations um around you know let's say something does happen what will we do let's just have an, a hypothetical scenario what will we do and it doesn't have to be actually creating a contingent strategy it does mean though this is how you teach people to think bigger, differently, understanding agility, understanding the, the fact that inside themselves, they know they can pivot. They have that capacity. They can trust that in themselves. You know, and, and that's really the key. Leadership is all about 
helping people to know the best part of themselves and then help them to execute on that, right? Yeah, it's really not about doing it all themselves. It's about getting other people to do it in concert. Absolutely. And and, and I would think that, um, again, as you're sharing that, I, I was thinking through, um, gosh, there's so many differences just between the states these days and what it must be like to have a corporate setting, say, in the state of California but be a national company that then has to address the other issues or the other way right. around, you know, right. having your headquarters in Texas and having to deal right. the other way around. It, it's yeah. gotta, it's gotta be sig- significantly more complex these days. I would think, is that it what is. you're running into? It is definitely. Um, and it's not as if these issues have never existed, but they haven't been brought to light. And now the light is being shown on everything and transparency is way up. And so you can't hide those things, right? And so, um, you know, I've always seen that large corporations and multinational corporations have always led in um, things like um, making it, having equality across organization for positions, for pay, et cetera. Um, giving access to um, minority groups, um, you know, really not standing for sexual harassment and moving into those areas first, and then kind of like the culture of the country follows, uh, which is fascinating to me. Um, And so when people say business can save the world, that actually is true because business has huge impact, has huge effect, has huge, um, um, it teaches the corp- the cultures. This is what we can do and this is what we expect. And so that's why it's important for leaders to be so clear on who they are and how they're leading and what their values are and how that shows up. So, you know, it's, it's like my life's work. What it is. No, it's really, uh, it's really intriguing to me because again, I think uh, you know, we're going through a time where things that just probably weren't on the table from a leadership side, yeah. they weren't even, it wasn't even, not that they shouldn't have been considered, but they weren't considered. I mean, they, mm-hmm. you know, they just, it just was not right. top of mind or wasn't top right. of the stack anywhere, you know, right. and so it, it never got brought up. And now all of a sudden there are so many different um concerns again i was sharing in a training the other day i said when we're diametrically opposed it's hard to get anything accomplished because Mm -hmm. you know you're so stuck in one side somebody else is stuck in another side there's conversation doesn't even happen yeah if we can get a little bit closer together for me my platform is about returning respect honor and dignity to the planet let's respect is how i treat you Honor is how I lift you up. Mm-hmm. Dignity is how we both feel after I've done those two things. Yes. You know, yes. If, we, yes. if we could get more of that consistently into the, the boardrooms and beyond. So how do, you, um, how do you take a concept that you found working somewhere else and then introduce it into another company? Or does that never really happen? You don't 
you don't discuss best practices from one to another. I mean, obviously not identifying companies necessarily, but do you take best practices and, and work to share them? Sometimes, sometimes. Um, you know, before that, it's really important to understand the core DNA of an organization. Um, because just like anything else, if you layer on a way to do something and it, it doesn't fit with who they are, it yeah. will fail. And, and that's why so many, you know, of the, as people have called them, the change of the month kind of a thing or big campaigns for now this is the way we're going to do business and et cetera. Um, that's why they fail because there has been no way that it's been integrated into who they are. There's been no reason for people to want to do that. And, um, it, you know, it hasn't, it, they've had no say in, should we even be trying this, you know, and instead of touting it as the next best thing, you know, maybe there's an area in the organization where you say, well, let's try this out and see if it works and let it grow organically. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, those are the best ways I have seen things like that work. And, um, you know, I mean, it, you know, you've, you've been there, you've done it, you've seen it. Um, organization, business, corporate, it doesn't matter. They've all gone through um, um, kind of different periods of, um, well, now we're going to do, you know, kind of uh, reverse engineering. And now we're going to do quality improvement. And, you know, now we're going to do the lean process. And, you know, and and now we're going to treat people well. And (laughs) it becomes a campaign, you know, and and it just campaigns like that don't inspire people. Oh, absolutely. I, it, it took me back to a organization I was in uh, at one time and the, the owner CEO uh, bought a book that said at any one time, one sixth of your sales force isn't working to their greatest level. And so he put a plan into place that each month he would fire one sixth of the sales force. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. And I was brought in to, to fix the issues that that all created. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so, but, but like I say, it was the book of the month club, right? I mean, whatever yeah. book he read, that was, yeah. that was what he put in. Yeah. Um, so we're running, we're running down on time here. How about one last little piece of wisdom for CEOs that, that you can help them with here today? Hmm. So, this is what I know. Um, People tend to not trust their gut and not trust their heart. And what I know is that the answers are always in there. And most of the time why they're not trusting that is because they have all this external information coming toward them that is saying, no, this is what you should do. No, this is what you should do. No, this is why you should do it. Instead of taking time to really just get quiet and listen to what is going on inside because the answers really are within and there are ways to access that 
there are ways to get to it so you know you're not just you know kind of telling yourself stories that don't matter and um it's really vital so because we're all pretty wise when it comes down to it that's awesome uh i love that idea uh how do people get a hold of you so uh they can go to my website uh, alexaconsulting.com a-l-e-x-s-a consulting.com and feel free i'm on linkedin and of course facebook and um feel free to um, ping me and I'll be glad to chat. That's awesome. Cheryl, thank you for being here with us today. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. It's fun to see you. Yeah, it's fun. And thank you all for joining us here on Champions Inspiration. We'll see you again the next event. God bless.